Hello, everyone. Normally, you get to hear my son John's amazing voice doing the intro, but today's episode is very special and different in that I wanted to give a pre-recording explanation for what you're about to hear. I reached out to uh, my beautiful guest today, Peggy Green, to ask for her, her input on how to handle this throughout this interview, you can hear a background noise, uh, sometimes a forefront noise. Uh, I thought maybe it was a microphone feed issue, um, something that was happening. However, upon turning my volume up really loud during the editing process and watching to see if any any movement was happening, um, what could have possibly been going on. I really couldn't come up with a recording explanation. So we have decided to leave the recording unedited as is. I've also included, for those who might be interested, the edited version at the end. So if you want to fast forward to that. However, I think this message of this unedited recording is very powerful because, again, decipher from it what you will, um, but there is a message that is coming through, I believe, and Peggy believes, uh, from Connor. So, again, we just wanted to advise you that uh, there is noise throughout this episode um, that may sound like microphone feed issues, recording issues, um, but that we both believe otherwise. So again, thank you for being here, for listening into this um, insightful and powerful interview. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today Peggy Green. And I have to look down here at my notes. <laughs> I just said it, and then it went boop out my head. Uh, grief coach, author, and speaker. So welcome, Peggy. Yeah, thanks, Terry. I'm really excited to be here. I love what you do. Oh, thank you so much. And again, I told you right before we hit record, a tough subject to talk about, but gosh, I'm so just so glad you're here to to really shine a light of hope and, um, and healing and the work you're doing is just beautiful. So yes, if you want to talk to the audience about uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And, and I like to start off with a story, I think that just really gives you an opportunity to know who I am and, and what it is that I do. So I'm a mom and I'm a mom of four children and I have three girls and one boy. And along with that, though, I am a mother of two children in heaven. So to share my story a little bit more with you is that I was driving around on a Friday afternoon, headed home in rush hour traffic. And it was just a few weeks before Christmas. And this was in 2018 when I was just kind of lost in thought, thinking about the weekend, what was coming up, the Christmas holiday and all the time where we get together you know, as a family and that we have time where we do special little things. We have our tradition of special made homemade tea rings and, and coffee and orange juice for breakfast for Christmas morning and how we just bond. 
And this time was even more important to me because I have been divorced. And so with my children, it was just really important time. And we felt like a family all together. I was tooling along in traffic. And then all of a sudden my phone rang and it was my oldest daughter who was calling. And rather than saying hello, I could hear her saying something. Well, I know he hasn't been feeling well lately. And I was like, I immediately knew that she was talking about her brother, Connor, because they worked at car dealerships right next to each other. And they were frequently found in each other's showrooms, either you know just passing the time or helping each other with what they were doing. So they were really close. So I called out on the phone. I'm like, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. And she didn't answer. So I hung up and called back. And when I called back, I could tell that she was really quite upset and things weren't right and she said something that I just can't ever get this off of my mind and what she said to me was mom this is the hardest thing I've ever got to tell you but Connor is dead he killed himself and that just made me go into such a panic and and I hit the steering wheel and and I yelled out at God and I was like, God, why, 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 why? How is this happening? Because this gave me a flashback of 28 years before that, when I lost my nine month old daughter. So when I told you that I have four children, I have two in heaven and two on earth here. So I turned my car around and I knew I had to get back to be with my, my family. My daughter, my youngest daughter had gone there, my niece had gone there, and I needed to be with my son, the place where he had taken his last breath. So it propelled me into this whole new world of not only being a mother who's lost a child, but a mother who has now lost a child to suicide. And I was quickly propelled into this whole thing of becoming a suicide loss survivor. And I really didn't know what that was. And what I found is that somebody that's actually been exposed to losing someone to suicide and the fact that I'm a suicide loss survivor. And so I felt, I didn't know where to turn to. I really didn't know what to do. With the loss of my first child, Courtney, I didn't feel like I had many resources. That has now been 30 years ago that I lost her and I just leaned into my sister and my mom and both of them are gone now as well. And so I just started, I went to social media and I just posted my heart, my emotions, of what was going on. But along with that, I started using different resources that over the past years to help me get over each one of those little bumps. So I journaled my journey for a year on Facebook. And along with that, I had others just really encouraging me to write a book because they were seeing the benefit of what I was sharing. I was being vulnerable and sharing my heart and my, my pain. But on the other side, I was also able to 
bring in those resources. And it was those resources that people were feeling that, wow, this is helping me. And it ranged, I mean, loss can encompass a lot. It can encompass a child, a parent, a sibling, you know, a job, a relationship, so many different things. And people just encouraged me to write that book. And I said, okay, but I waited until a year had passed, came into January of last year and sat down and decided to write a book. It's called Life After Child Loss, The Mother Survival Guide to Cope and Find Joy. And this is either sunrise or sunset, whichever your heart desire, but that is something I shared with my son and um, sunrises and sunsets. But I wrote that book, wrote, wrote this book and brought together all those tools and resources to help others with what share with them what I had gone through and here's my tools that you can use as well and so and then along with that I have decided a way to share my messages through speaking and getting out there and letting others know what this actually is so that's where I'm coming from what's brought me to this point yeah and oh my gosh, I so relate to everything you're saying. And there's a soul sister moment happening only because through my own journey of trauma, um, different from yours, I just, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just started putting it out there and spewing it out onto social media. And it just, it had to get out of me <laughs> is how I think <laughs> of it. And, yeah. but in that process, I was so amazed by how many people would either send me a text or reach out through messenger and send me a private message or just comment on my post and say, you have no idea how much this is impacting me or, oh my gosh, I'm, I've been through this or I'm going through this or I've experienced, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because uh, just putting our truths out there really can have an impact um, on helping others, one, not feel so all alone. Um, and two, find those resources where they don't know where to turn to. Um, and so, yeah, by you putting it out there, um, it does help in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Um, because living through example and seeing other people's stories, and I think what you said is that to not feel alone. And that 28-year difference in between felt like there was such a gap. I mean, to do it for myself and then child loss was such an elephant in the room. Yeah. And now I've now coupled it with child loss and suicide, which is also another big elephant. Right. To get well, those the resource because there's so much shame and guilt associated with it to those who survived. Yeah. They have a tendency to take on ownership that they could have prevented it, feel guilty for not seeing signs and that they are totally responsible for it. By the way, which is not true. Those are superpowers that I revoke <laughs> is that we don't have that. We don't have those powers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I had gone to, well, one, I'm, first off, I wanna thank you for sharing your story and, and yeah, and, and trusting all of us with it and, um, I'm, my heart hugs yours um, just for, for that pain and, and the grief that you've experienced. 
Um, I had gone to a suicide vigil. I worked in a mental health agency when I lived in Cincinnati and was invited to go to a suicide vigil for the county that this we served. Um, and um, it was just, um, it, it was inspirational. I mean, heartbreaking in so many levels, but, but so inspirational to hear so many of the parents stand up. Um, and one of the parents that spoke, and it's always stuck with me, uh, was a gentleman whose son had, had committed suicide in college. And he talked about the grief journey. And in the way he explained it was, you know, grief is a spiral staircase in that um, while we keep moving up away from the incident itself, away from, you know, that pain, um, we still keep circling around. We might come back to the anger. We might come back to the disbelief. We might come back to the sadness. And, but, you know, we continue to move upwards away. But, and it was just, it, it was so powerful for me because it made me really realize the impact of it um, and how you can keep coming around to those, to those feelings. Most definitely. And that, that, um, that, chasm of the and the depth of it I think lessens and that the pain definitely gets worse but there can be something that can cause a a moment of that grief and that sadness and it might be small it might be big and that was one of the things which I in the beginning told myself that I would allow myself to feel my grief wherever and whenever it hit and that there was no shame or guilt and what I was experiencing it, if I happened to be at the grocery store, so be it. And if somebody asked, I would answer and just say, you know, hey, I'm missing my son. Um, he passed away and that's what's going on. And so being able to face it, because I think that's part of the healing. And yeah. I also have found once you open up that door, child loss or suicide, it's amazing how many more people are opening up to me and saying, yeah, I experienced the same thing. I had a cousin, I lost a, you know, a daughter in a miscarriage or you know, my parents had a child pass away before I was born. And so even those conversations open up that opportunity for others and to have, to be able to speak of it. I think that's, that's just really huge. Yeah, and that is, I mean, it is, um again, when, when we honor our own stories, it's amazing the soul connections that can happen with others to, to again say, oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so now do people, people can go to your website and, and download this book, yes? Yeah, there's um, a couple ways that you can get to it. Um, I this is the the book is available on Amazon or you can order it through my website and or if you're interested in receiving the ebook um, the PDF of it I'd like to do that because then I also like to engage with my readers and see what they get out of it and how um, I might be able to further help them but I call myself the grief specialist and the is with two e so t h e e grief specialist because I bring together my education of life in how to deal with grief from loss, death, and um, relationships and, and all the other tools 
that I've amassed through the past 30 years, which is which has helped me to do that. So I feel like that I'm very qualified in being able to help somebody through their process as in being the grief specialist. So um, the website is thegriefspecialist.com. Yes, <laughs> I, I put only one E when I typed it in and then I was like, oh, it didn't take me there. And then I looked and I was like, ah, oh, the grief specialist. All right. Oh, well, it. I'm going to have to check that <laughs> redirect because I actually have that. Ah. Um, yeah, I'm going to, let me write that one down okay. because <laughs> that one was supposed to be completed. So all right, for, for that reason, but yes. Well, good. It's I'm been, glad I brought it to your attention then. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sure. Yeah. To, to ease, but um, yeah. you know, and there's other things that are available on there as well as because there's other um, resources, um, other talks that I've done. But then as I was sharing with you before is that, you know, one of the things that can happen is a broken heart syndrome. You can learn a little bit more about that through grief and learn about chronic pain, which can be caused by grief. And so different ways to do that. So I've got resources um, that you can check out there as well. So. Yes, it's yeah. amazing what's coming to light about how trauma is stored in the body. And um, mm -hmm. yes, um, I just did it for the very first time acupuncture in the last few weeks. And oh my gosh, I loved it so much. But I, and it was, I mean, it was, it's a pain point in, in a spot in my ankle. Um, I had gotten some results on a kidney uh, test that weren't super positive. Um, and then, so when I was having the acupuncture done, she said, um, that's very interesting that you're having this pain and swelling and just your interior right ankle only. <laughs> I hadn't injured it. I hadn't done anything. And mm. she said, because your kidney three and kidney six pressure points are here and I was like oh my gosh that's so crazy <laughs> like it is I mean we do we store that trauma in our bodies and it can be chronic pain and related to loss and uh, trauma yeah yeah absolutely and so that's one reason why when I'm working with somebody I believe to heal as a, like a suicide loss survivor or you know child loss or, or whatever that um you need to have a whole body approach, a holistic approach to what you're doing, including the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, because you cannot isolate one from the other because they're all so interconnected. They're, they're segments of our, our body. I mean, you know, we have legs that go with arms. And so it's just those same um, health aspects that need to be addressed and so you know, I come from a personal training background as well and nutrition and uh, wellness coaching so really feel that that is what is what was able to bring me to this point of where I am now and being able to help others because bringing all those different components together mental physical spiritual and emotional that that is what has helped it's a whole package deal Yes. Oh, and I love it. Love it. Love it that you're saying this because I, I say it often when, when we moved, I, I was looking for a holistic practitioner. I, I, I need that. I know it for my own healing journey, that person that's not just going to, you know, as throw a pill at it or just look at the physical part of it. But um, yeah, the, the impact of my whole life on what's going on with me on a health level. So yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. So now can people, do you do coaching? Do you do courses? 
Yeah, yeah. I have something I called my grief survival program. And so, and that is an opportunity to work with me and really to work through those different components. And, you know, right now with the COVID, it's so easy. So many people are familiar with Zoom now, and that's the way I work with people. And just to be able to give them an opportunity to process areas in what's going on specific to them in each one of those areas. And so that's where bringing together the personal training background and helping them to work through that, working through the nutrition, because nutrition is such an inflammatory and that goes to, you know, um, our mood, our health, our pain. And so Mm -hmm. I work with people through that. Um, I've worked with a company um, for years, uh, 10 years, and I attribute it to helping me to be very healthy. It's a company called Juice Plus, and I it's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. And when I first started on them years ago, it was a lifesaver. It helped me to bring my health back. But then in grief, the trauma that happens to our body, the, the free radicals that just go crazy because of that, they cut loose. And so, so many people find that they have a new autoimmune disease, which was diagnosed, or that they have arthritis or such fatigue and and their body just can't fight it. And when you can get a little bit of an extra oomph with it, then that's where this comes in. And so I said, I've been taking it for years. The day after Connor passed away, I doubled up on everything and did that for a year solid and just making sure that I, I, my ulterior motive on that was to be able to make it through this healthy because I had two other girls yeah. and yeah. that they were counting on me and they needed me as well as I needed myself. So I just started and it's, and it's easy, you know, I still eat healthy and there's no real substitution for it, but to add on to what I was doing was so beneficial and it's really easy to, um, take care of that way. Awesome. Yes. And I, again, I keep, I keep saying, oh my gosh, I agree. Oh my gosh, I agree. Because I love when we're on the same path, the same wavelength here. We so are. I'm like, so getting everything you're saying. And we talk about it so much on this show because yes, I mean, uh, the healthy eating and the, um, and, and the movement exercise. And um, I mean, it's just all helped me. I know along my own healing journey and um, the meditation and the drinking my herbal teas and uh, yeah, the supplements. Um, beautiful. Yes. And it is, it is all part of taking care of that holistic part of you, every bit of it. Um, yeah. And the spiritual part of it as well. Um, is, is a big component. Yeah, it is. And, and I have a, you know, my spirituality is, is, um, stemmed from my belief in God and others may have their higher power and that may work as well. I find that the spiritual pieces is something that can help us to explain unexplainable. And when you have that, whether in so many of the religions are so very, so similar you know, it's like, let's all be nice to each other. Let's be good. Let's not steal. Let's not kill, you know? Um, and so it's that, and for me, it's to be able to have that reliance in the faith in something greater than I am. 
And so, yeah, I, I do bring that up, but I give people that option as to what they choose to believe in because there is more than us. Yeah. Yeah. I've certainly written about that and said, having faith in something, whether it's God, angels, a tree, yourself, a higher power, source, universe, whatever name uh, people want to give it. It's just, again, it's just such an important piece of that healing. Um, it, yeah, it just is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, it's all connected, you know? Right. It, 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 <laughs> yeah, and the thoughts that we tell ourselves. Those yeah. are, those are, you know, when it comes to that, is, is, is those thoughts and how we can actually change the thoughts that we tell ourselves. I mean, that takes practice and it takes work. And it's for so many people, that is something very foreign to them, that they really don't know how to go about changing the thoughts that they're having. And they get stuck and mired in this muck and yuck and just you know, continue to tell themselves that they're responsible for their death. They could have prevented it or, um, you know, that they'll never get over or never get through their loss. Well, of course, if you tell yourself that, you won't. And the, the thing with grief is there is grief is grief, but depression is not really a part of grief. So if you felt that you have slipped into, into a depressive state, you have moved into something entirely different than experiencing your loss and through your grief. And it's, um, I don't like to see people who have gone to that point is to catch them before they do that and give them the hope that you can learn to live without your loved one. It, people do it on the time. It's just your desire to want to be able to do that. It's really comes from that inner component. It's like, yeah, do I really want to? And honestly, working with me really increases your probability and your odds of coming out better with that and finding more than just processing going through your grief. But I'd love to encourage people to find a bigger purpose and move towards that and help them to do that. So it's you know processing and moving through it but to find something to do. And that's, you know, even with this is that, you know, my book is dedicated to my son. Had he not taken his life, I wouldn't be here. And so I've taken something that was meant for bad and turned around it and now using it for something good and helping others and walking through their, their loss. Yeah. And it's, and it's so true of so many in the healing arena who have had taken their pain and what you just said, turning it to a higher purpose, turning it into um, helping others who are experiencing the same thing that you experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what a gift that is to those who, who are hurting. Yeah. Yeah, we become an expert in what we do because of of our pain and our suffering but then also our survival and that's and that's it's so important yeah i always tell people i have my undergrad in psychology but a phd in life (laughs) yeah i mean yeah really it's it's street cred um yeah for having lived it yeah yeah um see if i can get this quote right um 
healers keep on healing and oh grievers oh darn it i'm gonna we'll have to come back to that one <laughs> okay yeah i get it <laughs> thanks normally yeah i say menopause brain like every now and then i'll start talking and i'm like and it's gone i, <laughs> I was trying to get it right so yeah right oh right it'll come it'll come back around so yeah well it's not anything... now we'll put it in our in the description here oh yeah yeah for sure absolutely yeah send it to me and i'll make sure i'll i'll, I'll add it in, so. awesome yeah so anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to yeah, you know, um, this is this is that time where really to share with others. And when we see others suffering the loss of a child, the loss of a child by suicide, sometimes we just get stuck and don't know what to do. And so offering that to others and what what how you can help them, and that's just being there and not telling them to call you. I mean, just, I remember at Connor's funeral, it was, I mean, he was young, he was 24. And so at that age, he's got a lot of friends and, and family. And as I was standing in that receiving line is people said, well, just call me, you know, let me know when you need help. And I literally from other experiences just said, no, I will not call you. Will you please call me? Because out of 300 people, I couldn't remember who would have said that oh, wow. and then yeah. just in that time for me to remember anything because it was just a blur and so actually stepping into the space and doing something for somebody and you know now it can be taking them a meal you know even and if there's if there's hesitancy because of COVID do a ring and run you know just let them know <laughs> you know find out what their meal is take it to them um and then just ring and run and say, hey, I left you dinner on your front step. Um, those are the kind of things, weather related, shovel sidewalks for them or send them a card, call them and just talk to them. And especially with suicide is that we want to hear our child's name. Be open to talking about them. And if you knew them as well, you have memories and times that you may have seen that child and we weren't there. And so you can bring his life to me by sharing your experiences and, and talking about them. I think that is one of the things, you know, I mentioned that elephant in the room is that child loss, suicide loss are elephants in the room. But from those who are on the inside, they want to break that elephant out and, and hear about it and hear about their child. And if you didn't didn't know them, the person who passed, more than likely you've heard some sort of stories or I may have shared, you know, Connor was a skateboard, skateboarder. So this is an example, Connor was a skateboarder. I will talk about that. And you may say, oh my gosh, I bet you it would have been really cool to see Connor skateboard. It sounds like he was amazing at what he did. I wish I would have seen him. And so that brings him again to life and memory. And so being able to experience him that way, I think is really beneficial. And I had a friend and this is one of my, I challenge anybody to do it. So if you have somebody who's really suffering from a loss is I, I do not send a sympathy card 
immediately because for those first two weeks maybe is that people are inundated with the offers to help and the meals and everything else. And then everything just kind of goes quiet and they are left now to really deal with the reality of their loss. And so that's a good time to make sure that you're checking in, sending a card, stopping by. But I had a friend after Courtney passed away for one year, once a month, she sent me a card. Nothing big, simple, thinking of you. And that was huge because I knew she was thinking about me, my loss, and my daughter. And so, you know, you could even just go buy a dozen just little happy cards and say, you know, I'm thinking about you, pre-address them, and then mail them on the first of each month. You know, um, that's one of one of my suggestions with that. But, you know, in helping suicide loss survivors, I do have that grief survival program. And I encourage people to connect with me just for an opportunity to see what I do, because we just don't know what's out there. You're suddenly thrust into the scenario that you're like, now what? And, you know, I think that um, some of the groups that I've seen on Facebook are beneficial to a point, but I also know that they can draw you in and suck you into everybody else's grief. Not that I'm not compassionate, but there's a little bit of healing and protection for myself. I see your head shaking (laughs) and saying, you know, because you could sit there and just continually read sad story, a sad story, sad story. I, that's akin to just sitting and watching the news for 9-11 time and time and time again, and how you can further traumatize yourself. And so being open to making some changes, and that's where I can offer some guidance and sit down and go, you know what, let, let's see if this is something that you want to do. And so I make it really easy. I mean, if you really want to, you can go to the um, website, The Grief Specialist with two E's, <laughs> or you can even text and write this number down, um, the word breakthrough, just all together, and B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H, text that word breakthrough to 719-789-6808. And that's 719-789-6808. And I will text you back a link to choose a time for us to connect over Zoom. And then we'll really evaluate where you are if you are ready and want to be able to learn how to cope with what's going on, gain some survival techniques and tools. And then I know that you will have hope that there is life after losing a child, losing a child to suicide, and that, that there's hope and there's possibilities. I mean, I'm an example of what you can do. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to be a grief coach, but you can be happy and enjoy life without feeling guilty. Yes, amen. And again, I say to people, no matter what chaos you've been through, what trauma, what grief, what heartache, um, you can make it through the darkness and, and 
live a life with joy and tranquility. Um, yeah, if you do the healing work. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it is, it is a process. It is, it is healing. And, you know, that it, you might get to a point where you can just kind of survive and get by. But I think most people prefer not to be able to do that. You'll never go back to life as it was prior to your loss. You learn to live with it. But think about this as well. I can't relive yesterday. I can't go back and relive yesterday. And so I, we have to realize that it's, it's as life goes on, we cannot do a repeat and we cannot live yesterday today. And that's really just being able to be open to that and say, you know what, let, let's see what we can make out of this and who I can be because it impacts those relationships. And, and I mean, so many times spouses deal with it differently. Um, you know, uh, siblings deal with it differently. And as a mother, it was important for me to be able to be that role model and how to walk through and, and process death and grief. And this is one of the things, you know, side tangent here is just that in the United States, I know specifically that we have come to the point where we diminish the process of mourning and death and dying and that, you know, in the Jewish religion, sitting in Shiva is that opportunity for them to actually sit and process it. But here it's like we have this expectation that people's hearts aren't broken, that they should be healed, go back to work and be just fine. And um, that we are taught on how to cope and, and come to family and have that tribe of people around us. So, you know, this is this is that opportunity to be able to do that and, and teach others. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, again, what a great example for your daughters. Um, but, but I love how you were talking about, I can't go back to yesterday and, and relive yesterday because it really is all about a lot of, of mindfulness talk of being in the now of living in the now and what you have in this moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm so passionate about this here, Terry, that I, um, you know, do webinars and I love speaking to groups and organizations as well is that really sharing these four pillars of the health and how somebody can work through this whole process. Um, and so being able to give that to an audience in that bigger message, I think is just really important as well. Yes. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I love it that you're out there in the world. Um, yeah. Shining the light of hope in, into this, um, again, difficult topic to talk about, but um, so needed and uh, just what a blessing it is and a gift for others. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So if people want to reach out to me, you know, um, the website, thegriefspecialist.com, um, the grief specialist with two E's still on, on Facebook. You can reach out to me there and, and um, I'd love to connect and, and see what we can do because you don't need to suffer through this alone. Or if you have somebody, refer them and we'll make a connection with that as well because they may not know what these resources are either. Wonderful. All right. Well, again, thank you for being here and um, all you do to help others along their along their journey. 
um, yeah, it's just an honor to have you here today. So thank you. Thanks so much, Terry. I really do appreciate it and all that you do as well. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. And now for the edited version for those who are interested in that. Thanks again. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and very excited to have with me today Peggy Green. And I have to look down here at my notes. <laughs> I just said it, and then it went boop out my head. Uh, grief coach, author, and speaker. So welcome, Peggy. Yeah, thanks, Terry. I'm really excited to be here. I love what you do. Oh, thank you so much. And again, I told you right before we hit record, a tough subject to talk about, but gosh, I'm so just so glad you're here to to really shine a light of hope and, um, and healing and the work you're doing is just beautiful. So yes, if you want to talk to the audience about uh, who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And, and I like to start off with a story, I think that just really gives you an opportunity to know who I am and, and what it is that I do. So I'm a mom, and I'm a mom of four children. And I have three girls and one boy. And along with that, though, I am a mother of two children in heaven. So to share my story a little bit more with you is that I was driving around on a Friday afternoon, headed home in rush hour traffic. And it was just a few weeks before Christmas. And this was in 2018 when I was just kind of lost in thought, thinking about the weekend, what was coming up, the Christmas holiday, and all the time where we get together you know, as a family and that we have time where we do special little things. We have our tradition of special made homemade tea rings and, and coffee and orange juice for breakfast for Christmas morning and how we just bond. And this time was even more important to me because I have been divorced. And so with my children, it was just really important time. And we felt like a family all together. I was tooling along in traffic. And then all of a sudden my phone rang and it was my oldest daughter who was calling. And rather than saying hello, I could hear her saying something. Well, I know he hasn't been feeling well lately. And I was like, I immediately knew that she was talking about her brother, Connor, because they worked at car dealerships right next to each other. And they were frequently found in each other's showrooms, either you know just passing the time or helping each other with what they were doing. So they were really close. So I called out on the phone. I'm like, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. And she didn't answer. So I hung up and called back. And when I called back, I could tell that she was really quite upset and things weren't right. And she said something that I just can't ever get this off of my mind. And what she said to me was, mom, this is the hardest thing I've ever got to tell you. But Connor is dead. And that just made me go into such a panic and, and I hit the steering wheel and and I yelled out at God and I was like, God, why? Why, why, why? How is this happening? Because this gave me a flashback of 28 years before that when I lost my nine-month-old daughter. So when I told you that I have four children, I have two in heaven and two on earth here. So I turned my car around and I knew I had to get back to be with my, my family. 
my daughter, my youngest daughter had gone there. My niece had gone there and I needed to be with my son, the place where he had taken his last breath. So it propelled me into this whole new world of not only being a mother who's lost a child, but a mother who has now lost a child to suicide. And I was quickly propelled into this whole thing of becoming a suicide loss survivor. And I really didn't know what that was. And what I found is that somebody that's actually been exposed to losing someone to suicide. And the fact that I'm a suicide loss survivor. And so I felt, I didn't know where to turn to. I really didn't know what to do. With the loss of my first child, Courtney, I didn't feel like I had many resources. That has now been 30 years ago that I lost her and I just leaned into my sister and my mom and both of them are gone now as well. And so I just started, I went to social media and I just posted my heart, my emotions, of what was going on. But along with that, I started using different resources that over the past years to help me get over each one of those little bumps. So I journaled my journey for a year on Facebook. And along with that, I had others just really encouraging me to write a book because they were seeing the benefit of what I was sharing. I was being vulnerable and sharing my heart and my, my pain. But on the other side, I was also able to bring in those resources. And it was those resources that people were feeling that, wow, this is helping me. And it ranged, I mean, loss can encompass a lot. It can encompass a child, a parent, a sibling, you know, a job, a relationship so many different things and people just encouraged me to write that book and i said okay but i waited until a year had passed came into january of last year and sat down and decided to write a book it's called life after child loss the mother survival guide to cope and find joy and this is either sunrise or sunset whichever your heart desire, but that is something I shared with my son and um, sunrises and sunsets. Wrote, wrote this book and brought together all those tools and resources to help others with what, or share with them what I had gone through and here's my tools that you can use as well. And so, and then along with that, I have decided a way to share my messages through speaking and getting out there and letting others know what this actually is. So that's where I'm coming from, what's brought me to this point. Yeah, and oh my gosh, I so relate to everything you're saying. And there's a soul sister moment happening only because through my own journey of trauma, um, different from yours, I just, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I just started putting it out there and spewing it out onto social media. And it just, it had to get out of me. (laughs) 
is how I think <laughs> of it. And, yeah. but in that process, I was so amazed by how many people would either send me a text or reach out through messenger and send me a private message or just comment on my post and say, you have no idea how much this is impacting me or, oh my gosh, I'm, I've been through this or I'm going through this or I've experienced, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because uh, just putting our truths out there really can have an impact um, on helping others, one, not feel so all alone. Um, and two, <laughs> find those resources where they don't know where to turn to. Um, and so, yeah, by you putting it out there, um, it does help in such a beautiful way. Yeah, um, because living through example and seeing other people's stories, and I think what you said is that to not feel alone and that 28 year difference in between felt like there was such a gap. I mean, to do it for myself and that child loss was such an elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and now I've now coupled it with child loss and suicide, which is also another big elephant because there's so much shame and guilt associated with it to those who survived. Yeah. They had a tendency to take on ownership that they could have prevented it, feel guilty for not seeing signs and that they are totally responsible for it. By the way, which is not true. Those are superpowers that I revoke. <laughs> is that we don't have that. We don't have those powers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I had gone to, well, one, I'm, first off, I want to thank you for sharing your story and, and yeah, and, and trusting all of us with it. And um, I'm, my heart hugs yours um, just for, for that pain and, and the grief that you've experienced. Um, I had gone to a suicide vigil. I worked in a mental health agency when I lived in Cincinnati and was invited to go to a suicide vigil for the county that this we served. Um, and um, it was just, um, it, it was inspirational. I mean, heartbreaking in so many levels, but, but so inspirational to hear so many of the parents stand up. Um, and one of the parents that spoke, and it's always stuck with me, uh, was a gentleman whose son had, had committed suicide in college. And he talked about the grief journey. And he, in the way he explained it was, you know, grief is a spiral staircase in that um, while we keep moving up away from the incident itself, away from, you know, that pain, um, we still keep circling around. We might come back to the anger. We might come back to the disbelief. We might come back to the sadness. And, but, you know, we continue to move upwards away, but, and it was just, it, it was so powerful for me because it made me really realize the impact of it um, and how you can keep coming around to those, to those feelings. Most definitely. And that, that, um, that, chasm of the and the depth of it I think lessens and that the pain def definitely gets worse but there can be something that can cause a a moment of that grief and that sadness and it might be small it might be big and that was one of the things which I in the beginning told myself that I would allow myself to feel my grief wherever and whenever it hit and that there was no shame or guilt and what I was experiencing it, if I happen to be at the grocery store, so be it. And if somebody asked, I would answer. 
and just say, you know, hey, I'm missing my son. Um, he passed away and that's what's going on. And so being able to face it because I think that's part of the healing. And yeah. I also have found once you open up that door, child loss or suicide, it's amazing how many more people are opening up to me and saying, yeah, I experienced the same thing. I had a cousin, I lost a, you know, a daughter in a miscarriage or, you know, my parents had a child pass away before I was born. And so even those conversations open up that opportunity for others and to have, to be able to speak of it. I think that's, that's just really huge. Yeah. yeah. And that is, I mean, it is, um, again, when, when we honor our own stories, it's amazing the soul connections that can happen with others to, to again say, oh my gosh, me too. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so now do people, people can go to your website and, and download this book, yes? Yeah, there's um, a couple ways that you can get to it. Um, I, this is, the, the book is available on Amazon or you can order it through my website and, or if you're interested in receiving the ebook, um, the PDF of it, I'd like to do that because then I also like to engage with my readers and see what they get out of it and how um, I might be able to further help them. But I call myself the grief specialist and the is with two E's. So T-H-E-E grief specialist, because I bring together my education of life in how to deal with grief from loss, death, and um, relationships and, and all the other tools that I've amassed through the past 30 years, which, is, which has helped me to do that. So I feel like that I'm very qualified in being able to help somebody through their process as in being the grief specialist. So the website is thegriefspecialist.com, yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's other things that are available on there as well as because there's other um, resources, um, other talks that I've done. But then as I was sharing with you before is that, you know, one of the things that can happen is a broken heart syndrome. You can learn a little bit more about that through grief and learn about chronic pain, which can be caused by grief. And so different ways to do that. So I've got resources um, that you can check out there as well. So it's amazing what's coming to light about how trauma is stored in the body. And um, mm -hmm. yes, um, I just did it for the very first time acupuncture in the last few weeks. And oh my gosh, I loved it so much. But I, and it was, I mean, it was, it's a pain point in, in a spot in my ankle. Um, I had gotten some results on a kidney uh, test that weren't super positive. Um, and then, so when I was having the acupuncture done, she said, um, that's very interesting that you're having this pain and swelling and just your interior right ankle only. <laughs> I hadn't injured it. I hadn't done anything. And mm. she said, because your kidney three and kidney six pressure points are here. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> like it is. I mean, we do, we store that trauma in our bodies and it can be chronic pain and related to loss and uh, trauma. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's one reason why when I'm working with somebody, I believe to heal as a, like a suicide loss survivor or, you know, child loss or, or whatever that um, 
you need to have a whole body approach, a holistic approach to what you're doing, including the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, because you cannot isolate one from the other because they're all so interconnected. They're, they're segments of our, our body. I mean, you know, we have legs that go with arms. And so it's just those same um, health aspects that need to be addressed. And so you know, I come from a personal training background as well and nutrition and uh, wellness coaching. So really feel that that is what is what was able to bring me to this point of where I am now and being able to help others because bringing all those different components together, mental, physical, spiritual, and emotional, that that is what has helped. It's a whole package deal. Yes. Oh, and I love it. Love it. Love it that you're saying this because I, <laughs> I say it often when, when we moved, I, I was looking for a holistic practitioner. I, I, I need that. I know it for my own healing journey, that person that's not just going to, you know, as throw a pill at it or just look at the physical part of it. But um, yeah, the, the impact of my whole life on what's going on with me on a health level. So yeah, beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. So now can people, do you do coaching? Do you do courses? Yeah, yeah, I have something I called my grief survival program. And so and that is an opportunity to work with me and really to work through those different components. And, you know, right now with the COVID, it's so easy. So many people are familiar with Zoom now. And that's the way I work with people and just to be able to give them an opportunity to process areas in what's going on specific to them in each one of those areas. And so that's where bringing together the personal training background and helping them to work through that, working through the nutrition, because nutrition is such an inflammatory and that goes to, you know, um, our mood, our health, our pain. I work with people through that. Um, I've worked with a company um, for years, uh, 10 years, and I attribute it to helping me to be very healthy. It's a company called Juice Plus, and I, it's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. And when I first started on them years ago, it was a lifesaver. It helped me to bring my health back. But then in grief, the trauma that happens to our body, the, the free radicals that just go crazy because of that, they cut loose. And so, so many people find that they have a new autoimmune disease, which was diagnosed, or that they have arthritis or such fatigue and, and their body just can't fight it. And when you can get a little bit of an extra umph with it, then that's where this comes in. And so I said, I've been taking it for years. The day after Connor passed away, I doubled up on everything and did that for a year solid and just making sure that I, I, my ulterior motive on that was to be able to make it through this healthy because I had two other girls. They were counting on me and they needed me as well as I needed myself. So I just started and it's, and it's easy. You know, I still eat healthy and there's no real substitution for it, but to add on to what I was doing was so beneficial and it's really easy to um, take care of that way. 
Awesome. Yes. And I, again, I keep, I keep saying, oh my gosh, I agree. Oh my gosh, I agree. Because I love when we're on the same path, the same wavelength here. We so are. I'm like, so getting everything you're saying. And we talk about it so much on the show because yes, I mean, uh, the healthy eating and the, um, and, and the movement exercise. And, um, I mean, it's just all helped me. I know along my own healing journey and, um, the meditation and the drinking my herbal teas and, uh, yeah, the supplements, um, beautiful. Yes. And it is, it is all part of taking care of that holistic part of you, every bit of it. Um, yeah. And the spiritual part of it as well. Um, is, is a big component. Yeah, it is. And, and I have a, you know, my spirituality is, is, um, stemmed from my belief in God and others may have their higher power and that may work as well. I find that the spiritual pieces is something that can help us to explain the unexplainable. And when you have that, whether in so many of the religions are so very, so similar, you know, it's like, let's all be nice to each other. Let's be good. Let's not steal. Let's not kill, you know? Um, and so it's that. And for me, it's to be able to have that reliance in the faith in something greater than I am. And so, yeah, I, I do bring that up, but I give people that option as to what they choose to believe in, because there is more than us. I've certainly written about that and said, having faith in something, whether it's God, angels, a tree, yourself, a higher power, source, universe, whatever name uh, people want to give it. It's just, again, it's just such an important piece of that healing. Um, it, yeah, it just is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, great. see, it's all connected, you know? Right. It, 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 <laughs> yeah. And the thoughts that we tell ourselves. Those yeah. are, those are, you know, when it comes to that is, is, is those thoughts and how we can actually change the thoughts that we tell ourselves. I mean, that takes practice and it takes work. And it's for so many people, that is something very foreign to them that they really don't know how to go about changing the thoughts that they're having. And they get stuck and mired in this muck and yuck and just you know, continue to tell themselves that they're responsible for their death. They could have prevented it or, um, you know, that they'll never get over or never get through their loss. Well, of course, if you tell yourself that, you won't. And the, the thing with grief is there is, grief is grief, but depression is not really a part of grief. So if you felt that you have slipped into, into a depressive state, you have moved into something entirely different than experiencing your loss and through your grief. And it's, um, I don't like to see people who have gone to that point is to catch them before they do that and give them the hope that you can learn to live without your loved one. It, people do it on the time. It's just your desire to want to be able to do that. It's really comes from that inner component. It's like, yeah, do I really want to? And honestly, working with me really increases your probability and your odds of coming out better with that and finding more than 
just processing going through your grief, but I'd love to encourage people to find a bigger purpose and move towards that and help them to do that. So it's, you know, processing and moving through it, but to find something to do. And that's, you know, even with this is that, you know, my book is dedicated to my son. Had he not taken his life, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. And it's, and it's so true of so many in the healing arena who have had taken their pain and in, in what you just said, turning it to a higher purpose, turning it into um, helping others who are experiencing the same thing that you experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what a gift that is to those who, who are hurting. Yeah. Yeah, we become an expert in what we do because of, of our pain and our suffering, but then also our survival. And right. that's, and that's, it's so important. Yeah. I always tell people I have my undergrad in psychology, but a PhD in life. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, really it's, it's street cred. Um, yeah. For having lived it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see if I can get this quote, right. Um, Healers keep on healing and, oh, grievers. Oh, darn it. I'm going to we'll have to come back to that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> Thanks. Normally, yeah, I say menopause brain, like every now and then I'll start talking and I'm like, and it's gone. I, <laughs> I was trying to get it right. So, yeah. Right, I'll, right. It'll come, it'll come back around. So yeah, well, if, is if there not anything... now, we'll put it in our, in the description here. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, send it to me and I'll make sure I'll, I'll, I'll add it. In. So, awesome. Yeah. So anything else that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had an opportunity to? Yeah, you know, um, this is, this is that time where really to share with others. And when we see others suffering, the loss of a child, the loss of a child by suicide. Sometimes we just get stuck and don't know what to do. And so offering that to others and what, what, how you can help them. And that's just being there and not telling them to call you. I mean, just, I remember at Connor's funeral, it was, I mean, he was young, he was 24. And so at that age, he's got a lot of friends and, and family. And as I was standing in that receiving line is, People said, well, just call me, you know, let me know when you need help. And I literally, from other experiences, just said, no, I will not call you. Will you please call me? Because it was just a blur. And so actually stepping into the space and doing something for somebody. And, you know, now it can be taking them a meal, you know, even. And if there's if there's hesitancy because of COVID, do a ring and run. You know, just let them know, <laughs> you know, find out what their meal is, take it to them, um, and then just ring and run and say, hey, I left you dinner on your front step. Um, those are the kind of things, weather-related, shovel sidewalks for them, or send them a card, call them, and just talk to them. And especially with suicide, is that we want to hear our child's name be open to talking about them. And if you knew them as well, you have memories and times that you may have seen that child and we weren't there. And so you can bring his life 
to me by sharing your experiences and, and talking about them. I think that is one of the things, you know, I mentioned that elephant in the room is that child loss, suicide loss are elephants in the room. But from those who are on the inside, they want to break that elephant out and, and hear about it and hear about their child. And if you didn't, didn't know them, the person who passed, more than likely you've heard some sort of stories or I may have shared, you know, Connor was a skateboard, skateboarder. So this is an example, Connor was a skateboarder. I will talk about that. And you may say, oh my gosh, I bet you it would have been really cool to see Connor skateboard. It sounds like he was amazing at what he did. I wish I would have seen him. And so that brings him again to life and memory. And so being able to experience him that way, I think is really beneficial. And I had a friend, and this is one of my, I challenge anybody to do it. So if you have somebody who's really suffering from a loss is I, I do not send a sympathy card immediately because for those first two weeks, maybe, is that people are inundated with the offers to help and the meals and everything else. And then everything just kind of goes quiet. And they are left now to really deal with the reality of their loss. And so that's a good time to make sure that you're checking in, sending a card, stopping by. But I had a friend after Courtney passed away for one year, once a month, she sent me a card, nothing big, simple, thinking of you. And that was huge because I knew she was thinking about me my loss and my daughter. And so, you know, you could even just go buy a dozen just little happy cards and say, you know, I'm thinking about you, pre-address them and then mail them on the first of each month. You know, um, that's one of, one of my suggestions with that. But, you know, in helping suicide loss survivors, I do have that grief survival program and I encourage people to connect with me just for an opportunity to see what I do, because we just don't know what's out there. You're suddenly thrust into the scenario that you're like, now what? And, you know, I think that um, some of the groups that I've seen on Facebook are beneficial to a point. But I also know that they can draw you in and suck you into everybody else's grief. Not that I'm not compassionate, but there's a little bit of healing and protection for myself. I see your head shaking yeah. and saying, you know, because you could sit there and just continually read sad story, a sad story, sad story. I That's akin to just sitting and watching the news for 9-11 time and time and time again, and how you can further traumatize yourself. And so being open to making some changes and that's where I can offer some guidance and sit down and go, you know what, let, let's see if this is something that you want to do. And so I make it really easy. I mean, if you really want to, you can go to the um, website, The Grief Specialist with two E's, <laughs> or you can even text and write this number down, um, the word breakthrough, just all together, and B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H. Text that word breakthrough to 719 789 6808. 
and that's 719-789-6808. And I will text you back a link to choose a time for us to connect over Zoom. And then we'll really evaluate where you are if you are ready and want to be able to learn how to cope with what's going on, gain some survival techniques and tools. And then I know that you will have hope that there is life after losing a child, losing a child to suicide, and that, that there's hope and there's possibilities. I mean, I'm an example of what you can do. You don't have to write a book. You don't have to be a grief coach, but you can be happy and enjoy life without feeling guilty. Yes, amen. And again, I say to people, no matter what chaos you've been through, what trauma, what grief, what heartache, um, you can make it through the darkness and in live a life with joy and tranquility. Um, yeah, if you do the healing work. Absolutely. And, and, it, and it is, it is a process. It is, it is healing. And, you know, that it, you might get to a point where you can just kind of survive and get by. But I think most people prefer not to be able to do that. You'll never go back to life as it was prior to your loss. You learn to live with it. But think about this as well. I can't relive yesterday. I can't go back and relive yesterday. And so I, we have to realize that it's, it's as life goes on, we cannot do a repeat and we cannot live yesterday today. And that's really just being able to be open to that and say, you know what, let, let's see what we can make out of this and who I can be because it impacts those relationships. And, and I mean, so many times spouses deal with it differently. Um, you know, uh, siblings deal with it differently. And as a mother, it was important for me to be able to be that role model and how to walk through and, and process death and grief. And this is one of the things, you know, side tangent here is just that in the United States, I know specifically that we, have come to the point where we diminish the process of mourning and death and dying. But here it's like, we have this expectation that people's hearts aren't broken, that they should be healed, go back to work and be just fine. And um, that we are taught on how to cope and, and come to family and have that tribe of people around us. So, you know, this is, this is that opportunity to be able to do that and, and teach others. Yeah. And, and just, I mean, again, what a great example for your daughters. Um, but, but I love how you were talking about, I can't go back to yesterday and, and relive yesterday because it really is all about a lot of, of mindfulness talk of being in the now of living in the now and what you have in this moment. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I'm so passionate about this here, Terry, that I, um, you know, do webinars and I love speaking to groups and organizations as well is that really sharing these four pillars of the health and how somebody can work through this whole process. Um, and so being able to give that to an audience in that bigger message, I think is just really important as well. 
Yes. Oh, for sure. And I, I, I love it that you're out there in the world. Um, yeah. Shining the light of hope in, into this, um, again, difficult topic to talk about, but um, so needed and uh, just what a blessing it is and a gift for others. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. So if people want to reach out to me, you know, um, the website, thegriefspecialist.com, um, thegriefspecialist with two E's still on, on Facebook, you can reach out to me there. And, and um, I'd love to connect and, and see what we can do, because you don't need to suffer through this alone. Or if you have somebody, refer them, and we'll make a connection with that as well, because they may not know what these resources are either. Wonderful. All right. Well, again, thank you for being here and um, all you do to help others along their along their journey. Um, yeah, it's just an honor to have you here today. So thank you. Thanks so much, Terry. I really do appreciate it and all that you do as well. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.